David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Elliot, this is a true honor, our first guest. This is someone I listened to when I was in grade school and high school on Saturday mornings and when I was sick from school. He always had the best celebrities on his radio show. Captain Kangaroo? Not Captain Kangaroo. Better than that? Better than Captain Kangaroo. Wow. Better than Ray Rayner. On the phone we have broadcasting legend Roy Leonard. How are you doing, Mr. Leonard? Hey, doing fine. Thank you for calling. Thank you. When we were talking yesterday, you mentioned that one of your prized possessions is something sports-related. Do you want to tell our listeners what that is? Oh, sure. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, we moved recently, had to sell our big old house and moved into a much... Uh, more confined area, so we went through everything, and one thing that I definitely was uh, not going to throw out was a lovely gift that Ted Williams sent me or gave me back in uh, 1966. Uh, Ted, as you know, was very active in an organization which he founded called the Jimmy Fund, and uh, it's a fund basically designed to raise money to help kids with cancer. And it's still in existence today. And if uh, Ted asked for your help, well, let's face it, you didn't say no to Ted Williams. So over the years, I did a lot of things for Ted and uh, a lot of things for the Jimmy Fund. But in 66, when he was elected to the Hall of Fame, he had printed up for his friends a uh, an actual fax, simile of, the Hall of Fame ballot on which he was elected uh, and uh, signed it. In fact, it says here, uh, to my friends, the Leonards, and then he names all my kids, your pal, Ted Williams. Well, you can imagine, you know, for a 15 or 13 or 12-year-old kid to have something like this from Ted Williams. And I wouldn't mind telling you that for a 40-year-old guy, it was was pretty good, too. Well, the, the thing that I get a kick out of, though, is seeing some of the other names on that ballot. Uh, Ted uh, was at the top. He had 93.90% of the vote. And uh, But under him were guys like uh, Campanella, uh, Joe Medwick, Al Lopez is on here. These are guys that were nominated uh, but didn't get in that year. Uh, Johnny Mize. Oh, Allie Reynolds. Gee, I'd forgotten about him. Uh, I mean, you can just go through here. And it's it's a memory trove, and it's uh, it's really something I treasure deeply. I was lucky, you know, to grow up in Boston and and watch Ted play. In fact, the station that I worked for was in Kenmore Square, and we were uh, about one half block from Fenway Park. So imagine what we did when we weren't too busy at the radio station. <laughs> in fact, I guess I I could probably tell you now because the statute of limitations has run out. We got to know the groundskeepers, and a bunch of us used to go out and shag flies in the outfield at Fenway Park when 
the Red Sox were out of town. But you're not supposed to know that. Were you any good as, at shagging flies? Yeah, I was pretty. Well, you know, I, I grew up, uh, played a little baseball. Unfortunately, I was the guy that they always put in right field. But I, I did okay. Uh, I was a better basketball player than I was a baseball player. So Jimmy Purcell didn't chase you off the field? What's that? Jimmy Purcell didn't chase you off the field? Uh, no, no, no. I don't know where Jimmy was in those days. Uh, he was another interesting. In fact, you know, when you come back on it, we, we have some great characters, if you will, in baseball. Now, I know we have a lot of characters today, but it isn't the same kind. You know, we, we don't have any more Bill Vex or Jimmy Pearsalls or, uh, oh, you know, one kid I remember, and he had an unfortunate, uh, got hit with a ball and it ruined his career was Tony Canigliaro. Right. Uh, I was following the Red Sox when he came up and, uh, did a couple of interviews with him. Nice kid. Nice kid. Who haven't you interviewed? Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> uh, I was at WGN radio the other day. And uh, they have cataloged all the shows that I did, and there are roughly 5,000 tapes. And there are names on there that just, well, they amaze me. So uh, I mean, they go way back to the silent film star, uh, Gloria Swanson, uh, who was a very interesting lady, by the way. One of the few that made it, you know, from uh, uh, silent movies into sound. In fact, you know, she was the one that came up with that great line in Sunset Boulevard when she says, I'm big. It's the pictures that got small. Right. <laughs> and she was ready for her close-up. Yeah, that's you got it. You saw the movie, too. Definitely. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I was very blessed. Uh, when I came into town here, uh, left Boston in 67, came to Chicago, uh, went on WGN, and we soon established a, uh, a wonderful relationship with the PR people in town. And let's face it, if, if you were famous, uh, you did the Roy Leonard show. And, of course, it, it didn't hurt to follow Wally Phillips, you know. Now, you've keeping up with 21st century technology. You've recently launched your own website. Yeah, I, I really started a couple of years ago because uh, I had a lot of things I wanted to say. And then uh, my wife got ill, and then I injured my hand, and I couldn't type for about six months. So the website sort of went dormant, but we have uh, revised it. In fact, we, uh, we're officially now on the web. It's very easy to remember. It's RoyLeonard.com. Not, not too hard to remember. <laughs> and on the website... Uh, I've uh, got a lot of pages. Uh, I don't know how the public will react to this, but one of the long sections on the web is called My Life in Pictures. And I go way back. I actually found, I was born in 31. I actually found some pictures of me and my first dog when I was about four years old. And then I go right through my career, spent some time in the Air Force up in Alaska, came back, worked at a lot of radio stations, interviewed a lot of people. So if anybody's interested in you know, what it was like in the old days, as well as what it's been like here in Chicago over the past almost 40 years, they can look at that part of the web. And then uh, I've got another section called Roy Rambles, 
in which I do just that. I ramble. Uh, if there's something I want to say, I say it. That that we update every Friday. Not this Friday. Well, uh, the new one is going to stay there for about 10 days. I'll update it a week from Friday. And then there's one section that's... Uh, was difficult to write, but I felt it was necessary to write. It's called Till Death Do Us Part. Uh, I lost my wife a few months back. Uh, she had Parkinson's and dementia. And we had uh, about a two-year period in which I had to take care of her, along with the help of my great kids and a lot of doctors and uh, some, some marvelous people. But I wanted to write about it because, frankly, there are an awful lot of young people today who might be struggling with the same thing. Maybe you've got a parent or an aunt or an uncle or somebody who's got Alzheimer's, and there are countless books that are very good, written by professionals, that will help you a great deal. But nobody, to my knowledge anyway, had ever written about the caregiving that you must extend to a loved one. Uh, there are a lot of things that come up that aren't in the books, and I wanted to write about them. So uh, starting this week, and we'll update it every week, is a, another chapter in how we handled uh, my wife Sheila's illness. Uh, there are a lot of, actually, some laughable moments, if you will, and then some very tender moments near the end. But I, I wanted to share it with somebody figuring maybe something I say will help them. You, you never know. Was it easy being married to Roy Leonard? Say it again? Was it easy for her to be married to you? Uh, well, you know, it was because Sheila was such an... Well, first of all, her maiden name was Sheila Marie Finn, and that's as Irish as you can get. And uh, she was very confident of herself. I think the one reason that we got along so well was that when I met her, she wasn't looking to get married. I wasn't looking to get married, frankly. So we knew there would be no hang-ups. We could go out. We could have a lot of fun. In fact, we were having a lot of fun. Uh, we were in Storyville up in Boston one night listening to Dave Brubeck. Uh, I introduced her to jazz. She was a fan of, you know, Perry Como and Doris Day. And I love Stan Kenton and some of the great jazz artists of the day. But uh, we were listening to Dave and Maybe it was the mood. Maybe I, maybe I had a lot of drinks. I don't remember it. But I turned to her and said, you know, it's an awful lot of fun. Why don't we make it permanent? Let's get married. Well, we were, we were going to wait about a year and a half. I think we waited eight months and got, got married. But she was very strong, uh, very individualistic. She absolutely loved the idea of being a homemaker. In fact, I guess I would say she is as opposite from an awful lot of women that I meet today as could be. She wanted kids. She wanted to be there when they got home from school. She had no desire to, to play, go out and play tennis or join the women's club. As a matter of fact, I, I don't think she actually liked women that much. She had a few <laughs> close friends who were women, but she didn't like to go to the coffee clatch and whatever it is that they do on Wednesday mornings at, at 11 o'clock, I no. Was she ever jealous of the women you had in studio saying, you know what? No, no not really. I, I think, number one, uh, well, I don't know, maybe Sophia Loren. Ooh. Maybe, maybe she was. But uh, 
she was with me so often when we met famous people, and she knew that uh, we had a strong relationship, and there was she didn't have anything to worry about. And I, I think that helped a great deal. Now, as a longtime employee of WGN, did you have it to sign a contract that says my allegiance in baseball now belongs to the Cubs? Or were you able to maintain those Red Sox ties? Uh, no, I didn't have to sign anything. Actually, it was difficult going from the Celtics to the Bulls because uh, I came here in 67. And I don't know, you might get a kick out of this. Uh, your audience, the younger people in the audience, will be amazed. But in 1967... The Chicago Tribune didn't even print the box scores of NBA games. It was like baseball didn't exist. Uh, that, excuse me. It was like basketball didn't exist in this city. Uh, Dick Klein, of course, came along, started the franchise, the Chicago Bulls. And in fact, Vince Lloyd and I used to broadcast the Bulls games on W home games on WGN radio in uh 68, 69, 69, and 70. And uh, the only reason I got the job was there was absolutely nobody uh, on the staff at WGN who knew anything about basketball. And I'd grown up with the Celtics, of course, and saw almost every game at, uh, you know, at Boston Garden. So I did the color and the, the commentary and kept stats. Vince did a great job on play-by-play. And we had a wonderful time doing basketball. And uh, I had to, as I say, when the Celtics played the Bulls, I, I had to be very careful. <laughs> Who was your favorite Celtic player? Oh, probably Havlicek uh, or Bill Russell, I guess. Well, it's, see, that's the difficulty. Uh, there were so many great players in their day. But I think uh, between, you know, later I interviewed Bill many years later, and he became quite a spokesperson for things other than basketball, and he was a brilliant man. He had a great mind. Oh, what a ball player. And, uh, and of course, Havlicek was uh, the, 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 the best. Did you ever, ever switch over to rooting for the Cubs? Oh, yeah, that, that wasn't too difficult because they were such a fun team. I remember... Uh, I met Ernie and Ernie Banks and Ron Santo very early in the going on, and they are, were such great guys. And then I, you know, continued to because we were the Cub Station. Uh, we'd meet the ball players and we'd have an opportunity to to uh, just talk with them and maybe socialize with them a little bit. And it was hard not to be a Cub fan. I mean, let's face it: between Fenway Park. And Wrigley Field, you got two of the greatest ballparks that ever existed. Uh, to be sure, they, they've had to make changes. Come on, we, we all have to grow up. We have to move with the times, and they'll be making changes uh, at Wrigley, too. Oh, no, I, I really didn't have any trouble rooting for the Cubs. It was fun. Although, I will say the first, being an American League fan, the first few games I went to <laughs> were at the old Comiskey Park because I wanted to come in town and Watch the uh, the Red Sox play the White Sox, and uh, uh, however the, the, the Cub influence overrode everything else. Eventually, I saw a documentary on Johnny Carson the other day, and 
it said that Johnny, as part of his contract later on, got the rights to all the interviews to do what he want with them. Do you have the rights with your 5,000 interviews to put them uh, on your website? Unfortunately, no. In fact, uh, another part of my new website, the listeners, I hope, will look at it. I have a, I'm going to have a TV archive and a radio archive, and I'm uh, dealing with WGN and WGN-TV because they actually own all that material. I would love to get a hold of it, but I can't. However, they, they've, been, they've been pretty good about letting me go into the files. And right now, if you tune in the uh, radio archive, uh, there's my whole hour with Mel Brooks that I did many years ago. I mean, oh, well, it's an hour now when you take out the news and the commercials and everything. But he stayed one morning with me from 10 to 12, and we had the greatest time in the world. But I've got other archival interviews coming up on radio. People like Jack Benny, uh, which is a, a, a great one. Uh, Yul Brunner talking about the King and I. And uh, I, th- I got some sports ones in there, too. In fact, there's one that I haven't listened to yet that I did an interview with uh, Pat Summerall and, uh, oh, what's his name? You know, John Madden? Wrote, uh, uh, yeah, who wrote the bus. Yeah. Uh, I did with them. I haven't listened to it. I'm going to put it on there. And over on the TV side, uh, i got two current TV archival bits. Uh, one is with Paul McCartney, an interview I did with Paul for a long one, too. It's about 20 minutes long. And then another one was Clint Eastwood, uh, which is fun. Uh, and I'm going to be we're going to be putting up more old uh, TV and old radio archival stuff. So if you're in the mood and you want to hear what radio used to be like, that would be a good place to go. With all the changes in radio lineups nowadays, it sounds like you're ready for a comeback. Uh, no, <laughs> the nicest thing in the world. I, I people often ask me, you know, uh, are you enjoying retirement or do you miss radio? i got to be honest with you, no, I do not miss it one single bit. I loved it when I was doing it. But then, you know, the format has changed. It used to be you could go into the studio, have a lot of fun, play some records, talk to people, and now everything is confrontational. Uh, they actually look for reasons to uh, get the audience riled up so they'll call in, so they'll get mad. And I find most of it pretty objectionable. However, uh, you know, GM went through that horrible period a couple of years ago when they tried to really change the format and it didn't work. But now they got Brad Meyer on in the morning, who's very good. And, uh, oh, I think Gary Myers got a great show in the afternoon in which he is doing what we used to do. He's having fun, although he still, he has to bring up the topics of the day and, let people sound off, and uh, but uh, I, I, I miss just going in and doing what I wanted to do, not what somebody else tells me what to do. That's what Ellie and I have been doing for a year and a half, and I did a couple years before, interviewing former NFL players, baseball, basketball, and basically talking about their careers, and people want to hear it. It's kind of like E when you see the biographies of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, most of these people have terrific backgrounds, in fact, many, and you found it yourself, I'm sure, uh, in talking to some of these guys, how they grew up, what they did, were they at the right place at the right time? Uh, were you really serious about this or that? I mean, look at all the, uh, but not a lot of them, 
but look at football draftees who wound up playing baseball or or guys who were hot in baseball but had a certain touch for something else. It's, oh, it's fascinating, and most of them are pretty good guys. Oh, no, they've all been fabulous, and we had the first black player in the NBA, Earl Lloyd, and here are the stories with the segregation and Bill White, the former president, last week, the same thing. It's stuff you don't hear. Isn't that awful? In the old days, they, yeah. they, they were, I mean, they, the traveling with the team was terrible because they couldn't stay in the same hotels. I mean, it's hard to believe today that that period existed in America, but it did, and we shouldn't forget it either. Right. And for a lot of us, it existed in our own lifetimes, which is even more mind-boggling. <laughs> Amen. Is there an interview that you wish you had that you missed? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I wished I could have interviewed Winston Churchill. Uh, I wished I could have interviewed Rose Kennedy. I interviewed all the others. That one of my, one of my famous or most memorable interviews with, was with JFK just before he ran in the, uh, uh, New Hampshire primary in his run for the presidency. I, uh, I used to have a half hour show in Boston on Sundays called the Yankee Camera. And we had, uh, Jack Kennedy on for a whole half hour. In fact, just, you got time for another little story? Go ahead. Uh, I had interviewed him for a half hour. He was, you know, very congenial. Uh, he's, he knows he's going to run for the presidency. Uh, the Kennedy family was probably one of the smartest political families, uh, to ever grow up and come into existence in America. And at the end of the interview, Jack went around. He shook the hand of every floor man, every cameraman. He went up into the, uh, the booth, shook hands with the director. And I'm going back to my office and my phone rings and the uh, operator says, Roy, uh, Joe Kennedy is on the line. I said, Oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> what did I say? This is the ambassador, JFK's father. So I just picked up the phone. I said, Hello, this is Roy Leonard. And on the other end of the phone, I've memorized this because it boggles my mind. A voice said, Hey, Roy, this is Joe Kennedy. I just want to thank you for being so nice to my son. I, I, I to this day, I can't believe it. But that's how you play the political game. Uh, and uh, in fact, I, I met the ambassador, oh, I don't know, about a year later. He still remembered me. But uh, that's what makes uh, success in politics. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. Hey, this is great. I, I appreciate being on with you on, on Talk Zone. And uh, anytime you have a question, you got the phone number. We'd love to have you come in studio and do a full hour with us. Where's your studio? In Morton Grove. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, maybe I'll come out there someday. Sounds, Sounds good. great. Give me a little break. And <laughs> everybody good. else, if you want to know more, just go to RoyLeonard.com. We will. And we'll shoot you a copy of the tape for your website. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. That was legendary broadcaster Roy Leonard. Amazing. It's easy to do an interview when you just ask one question and you get a... You can, you can see why he was on the air for 50-plus years. we got a lot to learn. No kidding. We're going to take a short break, and you're going to bring our lovely lady on the phone? Indeed we will. Stay tuned.